Welcome to the Steady On Podcast, where God's hard truth meets your hard story. I don't need to tell you that life gets hard. Life gets hard, really hard. But God's faithfulness is still active and alive in our hard. And these episodes are dedicated to remembering and claiming the promises of a faithful God. I'm your host, Angie Bauman. I'm a pastor and Bible teacher, founder of Steady On Ministries, and creator of the Step-by-Step Bible Study Method. But more than that, I'm a trauma and abuse survivor who carried a heavy weight of shame and worthlessness for many years, and I still struggle, but I live in much more freedom now because I know God through His Word and speak truth to the lies of the enemy with His Word. And that's what we do here. On Mondays, we take it in by studying the promises of God, And on Wednesdays, we live it out with teaching and testimony on the promises of God. So thank you for tuning in, my friend. You are the reason for this show, and I'm so very, very glad you are here. Let's get started. Hello, friend, and welcome. Today, we're going to take it in with Psalm 34.8 using my step-by-step Bible study method. And you will find links to a study sheet as well as videos for the step-by-step masterclass in today's show notes if you'd like to learn more. Psalm 34.8 in the NIV says this, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. A little bit of overview of the book of Psalms. Psalms means praises or songs or instrumental music. In some languages, the book of Psalms is translated songs of worship, chanting for praising God, or songs about God. The complete collection is 150. It's divided into five books, each one of which ends with an appropriate doxology. Psalms is Israel's book of worship. Chapter four is titled, A Psalm of David When He Pretended Madness Before Abimelech. Abimelech is a title given to rulers among the Philistines. And this particular situation in David's life, the Philistine leader is named Achish, A-C-H-I-S-H. And there's this scenario where David is before Achish and he pretends to be mad and then Achish lets him go and he flees. And all of this can be found in 1 Samuel 21 and 22. But after he flees, David is joined by many men in this cave where he takes refuge. And these men are described as desperate men, men who are down on their luck. And David is kind of leading this ragtag group of men. And he writes this psalm from this place. Um, He writes this psalm, psalm to be sung in the presence of those men. And the structure of this psalm is an acrostic or nearly so. An acrostic is something that's, um, it's a it's a structure that makes it easy to memorize where each verse begins with like another letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So you can kind of go through that and it's easier for like sharing publicly and m- memorization. So the psalm is about calling God's people to praise. And the section that we're hanging out in today is an invitation to share the joyful testimony. So one more time, Psalm 34, eight says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. So step one in the Bible study method is to choose our word. And our word today is blessed. Before I talk about the word at all, I will just say that the first time I studied the Hebrew word for blessed, it brought about this shift in my thinking because we talk so often about the difference between being joyful and being happy and about how happy is about our circumstance, but joyful is about this presence of the Lord. But as we get into this a little bit 
deeper, we're going to understand today that there's really something about being happy that comes with taking refuge in the Lord. And so I guess I thought maybe years ago or sometime back that like happy wasn't important, but I just, as I've studied this, it's made me realize again, that us being happy really is important to the Lord. And so, yeah, we're just going to talk about that a little bit as we move through. So our step, uh, step one, our word today is blessed. The definition of blessed is having divine aid or protection or held in veneration. I had to look that up. That means reverence or being holy. Opposites of the word blessed are things like cursed, condemned, jinxed, afflicted, doomed, disapproved, despised, or scorned. Step two is called investigate. We divide that up into four parts. Part one is to compare this word in other translations. So the Amplified Bible did say blessed, but then it expands it to say fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God. The Amplified Classic said blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied. I thought that one was interesting. The CSB says happy. The TLB says his mercies shower down on. The NLT says the joys of those. The voice says anyone who puts trust in him will be blessed and comforted. And the TPT says experience for yourself the joyous mercies he gives to all who turn to hide themselves in him. Part two is to research the original word. We go into the Strong's to do that, or that's one place we can go in the Strong's number, if you like to know that, is G835, Escher, and it's a noun that means happiness. It's from a root word that means to be straight, used in the widest sense, especially to be level, right, or happy. Figuratively, it means to go forward, to be honest, to prosper. This is where I began to pause, right? When I was studying, because this word happiness is coming up as the actual definition for the word blessed. And that just made me pause because I think so often, I anyway, maybe I'm probably not alone in this. I think my happiness is like inconsequential or it doesn't really matter if I'm happy. I just should have the joy of the Lord because the joy, the Lord is here and that brings me joy. And that is true. But it's also true that we can be emotionally happy because of the joy that we have, that it's not wrong to be happy or to want to be happy. So as we talk about this a little bit more, we're going to, we're going to talk about where this happiness, this feeling of happiness that is connected to, but also different from just this presence of joy. We're going to talk about where that comes from a little bit. Part three in the investigate step is to read commentary Here's something from the enduring word I wanted to pass along. It says, David was sure that the one who did taste and see, or here's the thing, who trusted in God would not be forsaken. God would make him blessed. From a translator's handbook on the book of Psalms, it says, take refuge in him, translates a verb which appears some 24 times in Psalms and is always used with God as the protector. The expression take refuge in him must often be recast as the verbal phrase with the meaning of covering 
caring for, or helping. I think it's so interesting that this verb only is connected with God as the protector. Because sometimes we can try to take refuge in something else that doesn't lead to happiness, right? It doesn't lead to feeling protected and provided for, at least not in a complete or long-term stable sense. But this take refuge in him means covering, caring for, or helping by God. And that is the thing that leads to this blessing. That is the thing that leads us to happiness. Continuing on in a translator's handbook on the book of Psalms, it says, in some languages, the words take refuge in him must be translated, for example, who goes to him and he protects them or who asks him to defend them. So this goes back to this thing that I say sometimes where we have to examine what's my job and what's your job, talking about me, talking about God, right? Because so often the thing that leads me unhappy is that I'm trying to do God's job. And so when we look at this, what is our job in this? Our job is to take refuge. Our job is to run to. Our job is to um, get beneath the provision of or get underneath the protection of. His job is the protection, right? His job is the blessing. Um, His job is the provision. A.F. Kirkpatrick says, happy is the man or the woman that take refuge in him. The word for man here is a different one. It means properly a strong man or a strong individual and suggests the thought that he be never so strong in himself. Man's only true happiness is in dependence on Jehovah. Don't we chase happy in so many things? We chase it in so many things. And we find it temporarily in other things. I will not deny that. But ultimately, the only thing that brings true happiness, that deep sense of satisfaction, that deep sense of being understood, being seen, being peaceful even. I think that about that, like I'm so peaceful and happy are so connected to me in my heart and my soul. The only place that that really comes from is not just God, because it certainly comes from God, but the place it comes from is when we depend on God, when we trust in God, when we stop trying to control the narrative for ourselves, when we stop trying to fix it ourselves, and we surrender to the idea that God knows best and that God wants to bless us, and that God will provide for us exactly the way we need. The part four is to rewrite the verse in our own words. So I'm going to take us back to what it says originally in the NIV. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. So I rewrote it this way. I said, experience the Lord to the fullest, and you will find he is good and kind. Run to him for protection and you will know true happiness. And here's why we'll know it, the true happiness, is because when we run to him for protection, we will not be disappointed because his protection will always meet our need. Step three in the method is to find the characteristics of God. These are fairly predictable selections, but I wrote that God is good. As we draw near to him, he helps us see his plans for us are good and can be trusted. That's the thing, right? As we run to him and we receive that protection, 
then it strengthens that trust muscle. And we remember, we remember quicker, quicker, (laughs) easy for me to say, we remember quicker the next time we face some kind of adversity. Oh yeah. The protection is there. So I'll run to that. Oh yeah. The protection is there. I'll keep running to that. And then it shortens that anxiety period. Cause we remember when I feel like this, I know where to run. Isn't that so comforting? Actually, not that the trouble won't come, but when the trouble comes, I know what to do. Ugh, thank you, Lord. I also wrote down that he is a refuge and he lifts my head. When I run to him, he pulls me in close and talks to me as though um, the, as the storm rages. He talks to me as the storm rages and then until it passes, right? So this there's this idea. He knows it's scary for me. Come on in here, sweetheart, and we will just kind of work through this together. I will take care of you until you're calmer again. I also wrote down that he's praiseworthy, that his goodness and kindness are overwhelming. And I know this, even though I've barely taken a taste. I like that part of the verse too, where it says, taste and see, like, you're going to like this. (laughs) So when, when my kids or when somebody is like eating something, they're like, this is so delicious. Do you want a bite of this? And you're like, oh yes, I think that that, if you think it's good, then maybe I will like it too, right? Like have a taste, but so much more so with the Lord, because he's saying, I have everything you need. Just come take a sample. You will be so incredibly in awe of how good this thing is that I have to offer you. Step four in the method is to identify the lie of the enemy. We do this so that we can take a look at, identify, call out the obstacle, the fear. And I wrote down a couple of things here that can be tempting to believe uh, when the invitation is to taste and see and experience his refuge because we trust him, right? So I wrote down, tasting takes too long. (laughs) Um, Tasting won't satisfy. You need something else that you can find that you can eat to your full and be satisfied. Or I wrote down that tasting won't lead to refuge or protection, and you better find a way to protect yourself. I think that sometimes the reason that we hesitate to trust the Lord with our trouble is because we are afraid, we are we lack confidence in his ability to work it out in a way that will meet our expectations. If I do it myself, I have a better opportunity to paint it done the way I want it painted done. If I leave it up to you, Lord, you might take my story in a direction that I don't want it to go. And so it's not so much that we don't think he can do something for us with our story, but I think that we don't trust that he will get us to the place that we think we need to be. And and we let go of the idea that we're so limited in our understanding of what he's doing in our life that he wants to, he probably will take us to a place we don't anticipate, but actually it will be the best and right place for us. That's where I get tripped up sometimes. It's not that I don't think you can do it. (laughs) It's that I think you won't do it the way I want you to. Oh, it's gross, but true. Okay, step five, as we sum up today, is simply called So What? It's where we write down a takeaway. And step five for me, my takeaway today is if I feel unsafe or unseen, I can ask myself, what am I eating right now as I try to find peace and satisfaction? If I don't feel safe, if I don't feel secure, 
What is it that I'm feasting on that isn't promising me this protection, this provision, this refuge, this sense of happiness? I'd love to hear your takeaway. If you have one today, reach out, email me at steadyonpodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't yet, I would be so grateful if you would subscribe to the podcast on whatever directory you use to listen. It only takes a moment and it guarantees you'll see new episodes as soon as they drop. I encourage you to tune in this week on Wednesday for our Live It Out episode. My guest will be Wendy Speak. Wendy helps women fast from things like sugar and social media, but now she's written a book on feasting instead of fasting, and that is feasting on the Word of God. Her teaching will be our Live It Out on this verse, Psalm 34, 8. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you're walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.